Hey, welcome back to the channel. My name is Steve Lund and today we do another Q&A from my Instagram. So I'm going to answer different questions that you asked me. And also I will do this sort of a segment where I'll cover like what's my number one thing for, let's say, number one food, number one exercise. This episode is brought to you by Blue Blocks, my favorite light and sleep optimization companies. Artificial light at night exposure is associated with diabetes, obesity, heart disease, cancer and Alzheimer's. Blue Blocks provides the highest quality blue blocking glasses that filter out the specific wavelengths that have been shown to suppress melatonin in studies. Melatonin is more than the sleep hormone. It's also vital for longevity, anti-aging and immunity. Artificial light exposure suppresses melatonin up to 99% and makes your brain think that it's daytime before bed. That's why I love using Blue Blocks to guarantee my body is making high amounts of melatonin prior to sleep. They also have daytime lenses that you can use to reduce digital eye strain and retinal damage when working in front of a computer all day. You can get a sweet 15% discount of all the Blue Blocks glasses, red light light bulbs, red light devices and sleep masks if you head over to blueblocks.com forward slash seamlund and use the code seam15. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com forward slash seamlund and the code is seam15, S-I-I-M 15. Okay, if the first question, best fat sources for testosterone. So um, I think, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, like the most, let's say, pro-testosterone uh, sources of fat are like egg yolks and uh, saturated fat, like meat and those kind of things. I think maybe like uh, polyunsaturated fatty acids uh, from fish, those kind of things, uh, omega-3s, they're also going to be uh, helpful for that. Those are the main uh, best fat sources. But I think the most important part is to just, yeah, get the get the overall fat in uh, overall the total intake of fat is more important um, and uh, obviously it also matters like what's your other health status and body composition so even if you're getting like a ton of egg yolks and you know you're eating saturated fat but you're like obese or you know you have like a bit of belly fat and those kind of things then doesn't really matter like yeah you can have the precursors for testosterone but if it becomes aromatized into estrogen because you're fat you know, plain simple plain simple as that then uh, it's you know i don't think that you know you shouldn't get caught up with those numbers or whatever it is like you shouldn't get caught up with things that raise testosterone or things like that like yeah like is that do you even need that much testosterone um, etc like what's your goal and i think that is much more important to also like dissect but yeah regardless the best sources of fat as precursors uh, are cholesterol from egg yolks and saturated fat from uh, meat but uh, then <clears throat> for the the optimal health side you would also want the omega-3s from fish to kind of prevent yeah the inflammation and uh, that kind of thing so yeah the, those foods are the best uh, for our testosterone levels nutrition or lifestyle tips for staying focused uh, well, I think uh, getting a good night's sleep, <laughs> this is very important. Make sure that you're not uh, restricting your sleep. Um, get, in, get exposed to daylight, that's going to be important for that to regulate your circadian rhythm and mood, so to say. Then you need to, like, from the nutrition side, you need food that doesn't spike your blood sugar uh, too high all the time. Uh, you want to be, like, semi-keto adapted. So things that are actually end up fasting can help with that. I like fasting for the focus and uh, keto adaptation. Uh, and uh, don't eat those foods that kind of make you addicted or make you think about the food all the time uh, mostly like you know ultra processed foods pizza and uh, burgers those kind of things what vegetables do you recommend or consume uh, that have least anti-nutrients etc so um, the only like anti-nutrients quote-unquote that I think 
you may want to be concerned with would be like um, you know histamine if you're allergic to that uh, gluten if you're allergic to that and uh, maybe lectins also if you're sensitive to them then maybe like yeah like for every what i would recommend for everyone is to not like eat raw broccoli and uh, raw kale those kind of things but other than that like you don't really need to worry about those things you know as long as you're cooking the food properly like uh, if you cook the broccoli cook the cauliflower then the uh, goitrogens and those things they get destroyed um when it comes to lectins the same heating destroys lectins pretty much and uh, you can't like cook gluten or you can't cook away the gluten the gluten is gonna stay there uh, but uh, you know whether or not you need to be afraid of gluten depends on yeah like your sensitivity and um, let's say intestinal permeability levels so if you um, get leaky gut symptoms of that and you get uh, inflamed and uh, skin outbreaks those kind of things from eating gluten or whatever other allergen or anti-nutrient then yeah be careful with that but I don't have any of those things i'm not like really actually avoiding gluten i'm not eating it like you know ton of it but uh, uh still you know whether or not you should avoid a particular anti-nutrient etc would uh, depend on your yeah sensitivity and those kind of things stretching routines so um yeah it's good to do stretching it's um actually helps to prevent the stiffening of the extracellular matrix and uh also just mobility and um flexibility that's generally a good thing as well to prevent injuries and those kind of things and maintain suppleness. Suppleness, uh, being too stiff can be you know problematic. Uh, so what I do, I don't, you know, I, I'm pretty flexible, but I don't do like a ton of like um, stretching uh, on a regular basis. I do try to do some every day, like uh, maybe, you know, a few times a day. You do at least like before bed, you would want to do like some more static stretching, um, you know try to train for like a split and uh, different kinds of stretching for the pecs and the shoulders and triceps and those kind of things um, but at other times it's better to maintain like this active mobility and uh, dynamic mobility so more like deep squat exercise uh, lunge deep lunge exercise hanging uh, those kind of scapular pulls those things are much better to do during daytime and uh, at other times you do the the uh, static stretching like before bed that's what i do generally does a steam room offer similar benefits to sauna it can it can definitely make you sweat similarly um, it does also activate heat jack proteins if it becomes hot enough but for that you just need to um, turn up the moisture in the steam room a lot more fluoride toothpaste yes or no so uh, I'm not afraid of that um, because I'm not like swallowing the fluoride <laughs> or I'm not swallowing the toothpaste. Um, it only is a concern if you like literally swallow it and you get too much fluoride in a daily in a daily intake. Uh, fluoride is an essential nutrient um, and uh, there aren't like a lot of foods that you're eating on a daily basis that contain too much fluoride. Like uh, actually some vegetables have small amounts of fluoride. Coffee contains very small amounts of fluoride, but it's literally like, you know, 1% of your daily uh, RDA. And that's why it's kind of safe from that sense. If you get too much fluoride from drinking water, uh, then that can be problematic. But then again, yeah, you need to be actually getting or actually ingesting that fluoride. So if you drink 
let's say tap water that has fluoride then i would stop doing that but the amount of fluoride you get from the toothpaste is literally again maybe like the studies find that you uh, ingest about like 0.1 milligrams of fluoride from uh, toothpaste and the RDA for fluoride, the safe limit for fluoride is up like 0.64. So um, one sixth of your daily RDA you, you get if you just brush your teeth with fluoride uh, toothpaste. So uh, yeah, I don't really swallow the toothpaste either. So it may be like even smaller. So, but yeah, the, the uh, fluoride in your toothpaste is very small and very insignificant compared to other sources like the uh, tap water like yeah i wouldn't drink tap water that has fluoride on a you know regular basis all the time but i wouldn't be worried about the fluoride in your toothpaste uh, either at least that's what i've come to the conclusion when i wrote the uh, the mineral fix like yeah that i wouldn't yeah drink the fluoride water but i wouldn't be afraid of the fluoride toothpaste either because the amount is so small that it literally doesn't matter and it actually helps to contribute to your daily um, RDA for, for uh, fluoride. If I, uh, is it uh, bad if I puree some of my food to eat big meals easier? No, not really. Like it's fine. Like, you know, mashed potatoes is like that um, cauliflower puree, puree soup, whatever I see is fine. The only difference is that um, you break down some of the fiber, which is fine. Uh, it can help with the digestion. Um, so yeah, does drinking 50 milliliters apple cider in 600 milliliters warm water with a teaspoon of lime juice and salt break your fast? Not really. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, very small. It doesn't matter. It actually boosts some of the effects that happen during fast. Is there a best time of the day to consume carbs? So uh, I think that the best time to do that is after a resistance training workout, whether whenever it happens. So uh, that at that time, your body is very insensitive and that those carbs will be just shuttled into muscle glycogen and it will have like the least impact on your blood sugar levels as well. Like you don't want to be yeah, like spiking your blood sugar levels for, for uh, like for no reason and uh, doing the blood sugar spike after a resistance training uh, workout has the least effect on that, on that uh, blood sugar spike. Is there a way to be a healthy vegan? Yeah, I think so, for sure. Like you uh, just need to get, you know, high amounts of protein, maybe take a B12 supplement. Uh, other like, you know, you you could also use a creatine as a supplement, uh, some other um, amino acids and um, nutrients that you get from uh, meat, like carnitine, etc. Iron. You know it's kind of hard but if you get uh, more copper then that should compensate for the lack of heme iron iron in uh, the plant-based uh, foods so it is possible it's going to be obviously harder but uh, you can still stay healthy for sure and uh, i think that there it shouldn't be like a dichotomy that if you're vegan you're unhealthy and if you eat meat then you're healthy because Clearly, the vast majority of people in the world are omnivores, they're eating meat, but they're still unhealthy. So, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't matter if you're, you know, eating meat, but you're still unhealthy. It doesn't make you better and vice versa. If you're vegan, it doesn't make you healthy either. You have to approach it from the, the nuanced perspective and actually look at the person 
and uh, look at your own individual requirements and uh, nutrient intakes. Like if you eat meat, but you're still fat and you're still with bad biomarkers, you know, it, then it, the fact that you're eating meat doesn't make you healthy. You know, the overall picture is what matters at the end of the day. And you can achieve that optimal health with any diet almost, you know, there are some common commonalities among the good diets, uh, but uh, the end result is what matters most, you know, it doesn't matter how you get there, essentially, like it doesn't matter which diet you get there, but if you're healthy with a good optimal body, uh, biomarkers and uh, body composition and mood and well-being and energy levels, then that's what matters. And uh, yeah, you can get there with any, any different diet. Bulking on two meals a day with workout between. Should I eat my carbs in the pre or post workout uh, meal? I would still do it in the post workout meal. Uh, so you eat, you break the fast, you work out, and then you have the um, carb meal. That's how I, I would still uh, do it. Is supplementing glycine on high methionine meals the same as eating less protein? Uh, well, it's not really because. You're gonna get more protein <laughs> if you eat high 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 protein and you supplement the glycine. Uh, so yeah, the um, in that scenario, it's can be better to uh, eat the high methionine, but to take the uh, supplement the glycine to balance the glycine and methionine. So in that scenario, it's actually better to do the high protein route uh, compared to eating less protein overall. Uh, in some other cases, it may be the opposite round, uh, but um, yeah, the only difference would be the the um, protein intake essentially do, do, do. how to increase libido in a man uh, well i think testosterone levels do, do have an impact on libido um, but you can still have like high testosterone and no libido no libido because of being low dopamine for example so, uh, you know, things that would help to raise the dopamine and uh, just overall drive and energy would be, you know, sunlight exposure, circadian alignment, sleeping properly, being uh, ad adequate in some essential um, nutrients, not being uh, calorie restricted too much, exercising. Um, yeah, things that can also raise your uh, dopamine levels like L-DOPA uh, can, can do that. But uh, like prolactin, which would lower the dopamine, you want to reduce those things as well. Like uh, too much sauna may actually reduce the prolact or increase prolactin, which lowers uh, dopamine. And likewise, uh, ejaculating too much can also lower your dopamine uh, by raising prolactin. And that would have like a negative effect on testosterone levels as well and just that drive and libido. So, uh, yeah, those are the things I think um, you can pay attention to. Do, do, do. I eat a few times a week a good coleslaw with raw grated beets, carrots, cauliflower, sauerkraut. And I build muscles without doing a lot of things besides roping, stretching, living. Is your raw beets data not influenced by the protein lobbies? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, that's an interesting question. I don't, I don't think I get it. Uh, I haven't mentioned any raw beets in this Q&A at all. Um, so I think I'll just skip it. Can I take beef organ supplements instead of eating organs? Uh, well, technically, yes, you could. The uh, beef uh, organ supplements do contain some of the same or essentially the same um, nutrients as the actual organs. Uh, they're also bioavailable. 
the only difference would be like you need to actually take a lot of those supplements like you need at least like six pills or up to eight pills or something like that to uh, get like a decent amount of that liver does glycine limit mTOR activation i.e does it limit anabolism and muscle growth uh, no it actually doesn't do that uh, it just uh, counteracts some of the uh, toxic side effects of uh, too much methionine it doesn't like suppress mTOR and it doesn't you know break down muscle in fact, like the glycine actually in some studies is an anti-catabolic, so it actually preserves muscles. So it's a good thing for everything related to that. Can you be insulin resistant by eating fruits or honey? Any benefits to eating fruits with salt? Um, well, technically you could be insulin resistant, yeah, if you eat uh, fruits and honey. I think it, it can even happen in like nature, like even, you know, if you eat like a ton of fruit and honey, then it actually is a normal response to become slightly insulin resistant in that scenario. Uh, but it's not like the same pathological insulin resistance as you are when you're diabetic. So that insulin resistance in that scenario is just a way to prevent you from, you know, or it's a way to actually help you to store the calories. Because in nature, when you do eat a ton of fruit and honey, then usually it happens in like the autumn uh, when you are supposed to get fat to a certain extent, like bears also become super insulin resistant before they hibernate as a way to like survive the winter and also like store the calories more readily available, like the berries and the fish, the, all, they have, all the honey and stuff they eat that makes them insulin resistant so that they would um, go into more like, you know, they would get fatter essentially. What's the most important things for bone health? Um, well, weight bearing exercise, I think is the most important part to um, signal the body to increase the density, bone density. Uh, then you need the kind of uh, nutrients, minerals for the bones, calcium, magnesium, uh, boron, silicon, and uh, vitamin D as well to kind of uh, direct those nutrients into the bone. Um, but, and, and then lastly, like eating, the, the exercise is the most important thing. Like even you can even have good bone density on a low protein uh, diet if you are, if you're still doing a weight bearing exercise. So that's I think the most uh, essential part. How much can you squat? Um, well, my max squat is like 400 pounds. Um, right now I'm not doing that much, kind of um, because the gyms work off in here since like you know uh, October last year and uh, only in March or something did they open back up so I haven't been like uh, back on my peak <laughs> with a squat yet uh, but yeah I'll slowly maybe getting it back right now I'm squatting with uh, 150-160 kilos for like five or six reps somewhere between there do I need glycine if I eat a cup of jelly every day <laughs> Um, well, I think that you're not really getting like a huge amount of glycine from the jelly, although it's still relatively high compared to other foods. Um, you don't really need to take the glycine supplement if you're eating like jello and stuff. Uh, but I still like to do it uh, regardless. How do you get enough vitamin E from diet? Uh, well, it's e pretty easy, like you can just eat a few nuts and uh, some seeds, some uh, avocado has, some vitamin E. Yeah, it's uh, relatively easy to find. Fish, 
So yeah, it's uh, one of the easiest vitamins, I think. Is it, is it correct to alternate cold baths between hot sauna sessions? Well, I mean, there's no like rule <laughs> that you need to do it, but it does uh, feel good and it does um, have some of the health benefits for the lymph flow. So yeah, like why not? It's, uh, it's uh, okay. A lot of, like everyone in the Nordic countries d does it pretty much. Um, do high methionine foods stimulate more mTOR growth than low methionine foods? Uh, technically, usually like the high methionine foods are like animal foods. Uh, so they contain more amino acids as well, more leucine, which is the biggest dictator of mTOR activation uh, compared to like low methionine foods. Low methionine foods have less leucine and they're more like plant-based. Uh, but, you know, what matters for muscle growth is actually the total protein intake, much more so than whether or not it's high methionine or low methionine. So if you're getting like high amounts of uh, protein, then it doesn't matter if it's, you know, high leucine and high methionine versus low leucine and low methionine. So it's kind of secondary. The protein quality becomes secondary after you reach the certain threshold of protein. So if you're eating, let's say, 150 grams of protein, then it doesn't matter if it's like super super high bioavailable protein compared to less a bit less uh, bioavailable protein because you're still getting like such a large quantity of protein that it at that point you're like oversaturating your body with such such high amounts of protein and amino acids that it uh, yeah becomes less sick it becomes secondary that um, it may have like less methionine or less leucine is a low-fat diet with chicken broccoli and beans good for weight loss yeah, I mean, it can be for sure. Like, you know, if it's in calorie restricted, then that's, you know, what matters. Chicken is good, high protein, broccoli, also high fiber, satiating, uh, beans, also resistant starch, good for blood sugar management, and uh, also high fiber and uh, protein. So, yeah, you know, I think it's a good diet or good foods for uh, weight loss. When to put the ice on the balls? <laughs> Uh, so uh, I think the most important time to do that would be after the balls have been heated. So like if you've been in the sauna or you're, you've been sitting with your legs crossed for a long time, or if it's just, you know, super hot outside, then uh, yeah, like putting some ice and cooling them down is good for the sperm quality and sperm motility, as well as may have like even like some testosterone boosting effects. Um, so yeah, at any time of those. Usually, like after a sauna is the best, probably. How to reduce cholesterol? So, uh, the cholesterol can be elevated for different reasons. Uh, obviously, like the most immediate effect would be just, just the amount of cholesterol and saturated fat you consume in the diet. Uh, the secondary reasons for high cholesterol, LDL especially, would be low thyroid, um, too much zinc in relation to copper, and um, yeah, like even calorie restriction, those kind of things. One interesting thing would have, that recently came out was also the uh, unfiltered coffee raises L uh, LDL cholesterol quite a lot. So, I mean, yeah, there's different reasons why the cholesterol may be high. Uh, whether or not you should worry about it, you know, depends again, like on the context and situation. Uh, but generally, it is a good idea to, you know, at least lower the cholesterol a little bit. And for that, like, you know, you look at the thyroid, get more copper, not that much zinc. Um, and um, usually it goes to like eating too much muscle meat in not, and not enough organ meats. 
so yeah. Do you take supplements during a prolonged fast, 72 plus hours, and if so, which ones? And usually no, maybe like magnesium, um, but generally uh, no, I don't uh, do that. But uh, how to hypertrophy in an ectomorph person? So uh, ectomorphs, usually they just either, yeah, maybe have like a lot of these let's say increased non-exercise uh, activity thermogenesis so they are like these kinds of people who fidget a lot and move around a lot then that can be a big, big um, contributor to not being able to build muscle you're just you know in a calorie deficit secondly you may also be predisposed to feel more satiated from the calories that you eat so you just under eat um, and i think that those are the biggest reasons like just you know being satiated and not being able to eat that much or just moving a, little, a lot like da, 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 da. Um, of course there's can be like just you know not a good program that you follow or a diet plan but uh, yeah let's say granted that you are doing everything right but you still wonder like why you can't build a muscle hypertrophy then a lot of the times it goes back to yeah just um, not being able to eat enough or burning off too many calories through this uh, fidgeting did you ever consider start taking rapamycin uh, well, I've you know thought about it. I don't really think that I need to do that. I'm not gonna plan on doing it. Um, yeah, and I don't think that it's inherently this kind of a magic uh, longevity supplement. It can have like some negative side effects as well, like immunosuppressant, and um, yeah, it can reduce muscle mass and strength. So um, yeah, it's not my priority <laughs> for the time being to do that. Okay, we'll also uh, answer a few other questions that we had based on like what's my number one thing uh, so like my number one movie or number one post-workout meal those kind of things so let's go through some of them um, my number one whey protein brand <laughs> so my number one whey protein brand right now is um, Gorilla Mind by uh, the uh, guy Derek Moore plays more dates so he has a very tasty protein uh, tastes uh, super good and I uh, also take a few of the other supplements like testosterone and uh, they have a good pre-workout as well non-caffeinated so I'm, I'm taking those uh, right now uh, my number one oil well my my number one oil is uh, olive oil I think it's the healthiest oil uh, both for cooking and uh, salad dressing I like it my number one movie <laughs> My number one movie is uh, The Return of the King, the Lord of the Rings uh, series. So yeah, that, one of my favorite movies of all time, essentially. My number one supplement, um, well that's uh, glycine, that's my favorite supplement. And uh, I consume it yeah, pretty much every day. Number one amino acid, again glycine, <laughs> I think it's a, yeah, it's not an essential amino acid, but it's still, I think, quite beneficial for different reasons. My number one longevity supplement, um, do, do, do. it's hard to tell, maybe, I would say, yeah, like lysine actually, <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I think because it's very safe and cheap and everyone can take it. Post-workout food, potatoes and some uh, protein, like, like, oven fried potatoes like french fries even maybe like a homemade french fries with um, 
some uh, meat, fish, or cottage cheese or eggs. Those are my uh, good good uh, meal. My number one controversial belief. <laughs> so I, I believe like uh, I believe like if you believe you have uh, free will, then you do. Whereas if you think that you don't have free will, then you actually don't because of the belief. Um, yeah, a lot of people say that you don't actually have free will because of you know X Y Z your genetics and things of like that. Uh, but um, yeah, if you don't believe it, then yeah, obviously you don't have <laughs> the free will. Uh, but if you believe that you do, then you can always like you can basically transcend all the predispositions and uh, uh, like pre-existing beliefs and uh, pre-existing genetic factors and those things. You can transcend them if you become like fully aware. Of your possibility for free will in the present moment like we can always express the free will in that particular moment but if we're like on autopilot we're being controlled by our emotions and uh, beliefs and um, let's say genetic predispositions then then yeah like you're not gonna be able to manifest that free will but if you transcend that in that particular moment you rise above it then you do have that free will in the in the particular moment um, Number one biohack for testosterone. Um, I think like you know yeah like weightlifting is very important and sleep and those things, but also just you know the way you carry yourself um, because there is also some research also between this you know relationship uh, between the body and the mind. So if you are acting like being afraid and um, cowardly and those things, uh, then um, that kind of goes into this feedback loop that also just creates this self-image in your head that thinks that it's low testosterone, <laughs> essentially. Like if you, yeah, like in your head, you um, think that you have low testosterone by acting, you know, like you're afraid and those kind of things, not being confident, not being, not holding yourself up in the right way, then that will goes into this feedback loop that actually manifests that. So like the body and the mind are so interlinked like your beliefs and your uh, self-perceptions and those things will affect your hormones um, and vice versa, your hormones will then affect your thinking and how you hold yourself. So it's a, yeah, like a vicious feedback loop. So you need to, you need to basic, basically rise above that again uh, to become aware of this and uh, act and think in a way that helps you to be, let's say, more driven and more uh, congruent and those kind of things, the things that we associate with uh, testosterone. Um, my number one personality trait, um, I think that my willpower is, uh, my best, um, uh, trait that I have. The one that I'm like most uh, proud of as well, of not giving up and uh, just, um, always keeping, uh, going regardless. My number one nootropic, well, good night sleep is obviously the best uh, for that, but the nootropia stack, uh, previously it was like the qualia mind thing um that was a uh, i think is still good but uh, the qualia mind the different nootropic blends those are also very interesting that i've uh, experimented recently and uh, they do um have a pretty fast effect on your cognition that i've noticed my number one carb potatoes <laughs> my favorite carb like sweet potato fries they're amazing but uh, even like regular white potatoes are pretty damn awesome my number one keto advice, <clears throat> I think, um, let's say most people eat too much fat and not enough protein. 
<laughs> and uh, they also restrict like their vegetable intake. It doesn't make sense. I think it's much healthier to eat less fat and uh, more fiber and more protein than the standard keto um, diet. And uh, yeah, like, you know, even that, even then, you need to know like, okay, what's your goal? Like, if you don't need to be in strict ketosis, then you can eat all the vegetables you want. Uh, and if you're trying to lose weight, then it doesn't make sense to eat like a ton of extra fat either. So yeah, just eat more fiber and more uh, plants, more protein as well, and less less fat. Iron source, number one iron source is uh, red meat. Um, although like liver actually also is pretty high in iron. Yeah. Method to absorb creatine. So I, I just like to do it with uh, salt water. It's uh, pretty good to absorb creatine with that. Uh, stress reliever, I just uh, work out and uh, listen to music and those kind of things. It's best uh, stress reliever, in my opinion. Herb and spice, rosemary, I like it to add to all the foods when I'm cooking. It prevents against the advanced glycation end products and is also just anti-inflammatory. Number one, cardio exercise. Uh, jogging or cycling in zone two, that's uh, the healthiest form of cardio, I think, and uh, the one I like the most. Number one, sleeping hack. You know, go to bed and wake up around the same time, I think, then that would uh, build this uh, natural circadian rhythm for yourself. Um, fruit, uh, like a banana is good, or an apple, uh, but blueberries, I would say, is the best, healthy, healthiest kind of a fruit. And the last one is, uh, now what's the daily action habit for longevity, like your own personal preference? Uh, I think... Um, some sort of movement is yeah the best best the daily daily action or habit for uh, longevity so doing some sort of um, movement exercise that's the best one all right that's it for this video if you want to ask yourself these questions then uh, you can follow me on instagram and wait for the uh, next q a on that thanks for watching this video make sure you click like subscribe notification bell as well my name is Seem. stay optimized stay empowered